0: In today's show, I'm going to be going live on YouTube to answer your questions. Michael Bolton.
1: Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it.
0: Let's get to it. Indeed.
1: You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast
0: And at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball. And on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. As I said, we are taking your questions live in a mailbag show. So let's get straight into it. People are here live watching. So uh, let's get into the questions and see what's going on. All right. Is Andre Drummond a sell high from JT Boston? Now, the interesting thing about that, JT, is I've had plenty of people ask me whether Andre Drummond's a buy low. So if some people are suggesting he is a sell high and some are saying he's a buy low, then he's probably neither of those. And I think the value of Andre Drummond is very much in the eye of the beholder and very much dependent on your uh, on your league and your league settings. In a nine category league, he's the 52nd ranked player this year. Earlier this year in a points league, he was the third ranked player. And now he's dropped down to being the seventeenth ranked player. So yeah, his numbers have been trending in the wrong direction. I think he's sort of just sitting close to where he's going to be. I guess that's the best way of uh, of me uh, of me putting that. I just don't really see huge huge changes. In, there's going to be minutes variations. There's going to be weird field goal fluctuations from him. But I don't think that he's doing anything outrageous in either direction. Josh, what's your wingspan? I have no idea. I've never measured it. I'm 6'3", but I don't know what my wingspan is. I imagine it's probably close to even. I don't think it necessarily would be a a plus wingspan. Jonathan Detouche, is there a point guard minute split between Michael Carter-Williams and Cole Anthony? I don't believe so. In my understanding, the Magic uh, view Carter-Williams not as a point guard. They view him as a wing, as a two and a three. Um, Maybe they will give him some minutes at point guard Uh, to spell those minutes from Jordan Bone, but I, I think they'll be... The fact that it's Steve Clifford and he doesn't like rookies and Cole Anthony was already playing 20 minutes a night to begin with, I think they'll feel pretty okay with having Anthony out there with 30 minutes a night. Maybe he plays 28 some night. Maybe he plays 27. But I don't think they'll just give him and continue him in a 20-minute role so they can start Michael Carter williams I think they'll be understanding that John Isaac is out, that Markel Fultz is out, that it's going to be hard to do too much this year. And Anthony's already shown a level of competence, and I think they'll play him the, the bulk of those minutes. There, I could be very wrong, but I think that's what they'll do. Um, Yeah, Kevin, too. Look, another answer to this question. I know not everyone can consume every piece of content that I do. I put out multiple shows a day and videos and write on Basketball Monster and tweet and post on Instagram and post on Discord. I do it everywhere. Not everyone can see every piece of content that I do. But I've said multiple times, Cole Anthony is a guy that you just grab and then let's just figure it out later. Let's see how it looks. I'm not going to leave him on the waiver wire to see how it looks in three to four weeks or three to four games. That's the guy where you have that streaming spot you just dump whoever that is there. You dump that guy with low upside and you, and you grab Cole Anthony. Maybe he hurts your field goal percentage too much and you can't deal with it. That's totally fine. But maybe he shoots 43% from the field and averages 15, five and six with the steal per game and 0.5 blocks. He's a pretty good shot blocking point guard. You grab him, you see what happens over the next seven to 10 days. Maybe that scenario does occur where Michael Carter Williams somehow you know, cuts into those minutes and it doesn't work for anything and you move on. But that is why you just have that spot available that you can just go and grab someone. Um, all right. Uh, da BT, what's a better strategy for category leagues? Is it better to be super strong in three categories and average in the rest? I have a more balanced team overall with some above average categories. I am all about BT being super strong in, you know, if you can do it, five categories. But ideally, yeah, you know, not ideally, realistically, you're going to be massively strong in three to four, above average in two and then below average in two to three. That's, I think, the best way of being able to win rather than being average in all categories. It's very hard to build that team to begin with, and it can just get stomped in playoffs. And I don't think it's just, it's very easy to game plan for that. Um, is there a possibility that Hassan Whiteside gets traded and if so what's the earliest he can play is there a possibility he gets traded sure but he did just sign a contract so there is restrictions in terms of when he can be traded people are holding on to this hope and I've seen this multiple times as well man Walton what a shit coach yes agree why isn't he playing Whiteside Whiteside's the best big on that team he's not he's actually the worst like he sucks and that is why I play that that sound because he's not a very good basketball player and I know that all of you guys have been frothing over him because of the numbers that he put up last year and how well he helped your fantasy team but that's because he was in a situation Situation where he played minutes because there was no Yusuf Nurkic and no Zach Collins. He is worse than Rashawn Holmes. He's probably worse than Marvin Bagley and he's damn sure not as big a part of anyone's future than what Bagley is, even if you think Bagley's worse, which is fine, you can do that, but the minutes should be getting pumped into Bagley and not Whiteside. So if Holmes goes down, would they start Whiteside? I don't think they would. I think they'd put Bagley at the five, Barnes at the four, and put Halliburton into the starting lineup. And then you'd get more minutes from Whiteside, but it wouldn't be huge. And what team's going to trade for Hassan Whiteside to start him and play him 28 minutes a night? Literally every team in the NBA had an opportunity to grab Hassan Whiteside in free agency. Nobody did. He was one of the last players signed, and he signed on a veteran minimum contract to come in and be a backup in Sacramento. So uh, holding on to him in the hopes of. A trade, I think, is not the correct decision. Holding on to him in you yeah, maybe Holmes gets injured, I think you'd need Holmes and Bagley to get injured for him to have a you know, significant value. I just don't think it's worth it. Maybe I'm off on that, and I very well could be. Um, all right. Kevin Garnett would have been a beast in fantasy in his prime. He absolutely was. Do I drop Rui Hachimura in a 10-man ESPN points league for Darius Baisley? This is a question that probably doesn't need too much consideration. Absolutely. What are we? What are you waiting for? Why is Darius Baisley on any single waiver wire? Any of them at all. Um, Max Lee, is Blake Griffin worth holding onto in a 9-cat 12-team league? Uh, actually, and you know what? Before I get into that, I do have a special guest coming in. So I'm going to stick stick the headphones on and I'm going to put him in. It is the, let's wait till he gets in here. It is the host of the Locked on Rockets podcast, uh, Jackson Gatlin. Jackson, can you hear me? I can't hear you. Can you hear me?
1: Hey, Josh. I'm in here now. How's it going?
0: There he is. Jackson, how are you? I'm only going to keep you for a couple of minutes, Jackson. We're trying to do this every week on these live shows. He's bringing one of the hosts of the Locked On Podcast Network to ask a question about their team. Last week, we talked about Yusuf Nurkic. I'm going to talk to you about DeMarcus Cousins. Last game, Christian Wood was out. Cousins started, but he only played 23 to 24 minutes. And in those prior games when Wood was starting, he was playing exclusively as a backup and getting minimal minutes. Now, people saw the line that Cousins put up yesterday. And they were pretty excited for it for fantasy because it was almost like a a throwback Cousins line apart from the minutes. But my concern is, and this is where you you come in, is that the fact that they had no other center. um, Wood was out and he still played only 24 minutes means that they just do not want to push him. And I think that it will be hard for Cousins to play 20 minutes a night on a regular basis as they don't seem to want to play him alongside Christian Wood. And they want to use Jay Sean Tate as a center as well. Is that accurate?
1: I think actually, Josh, it's interesting. I do think we're going to see uh, De- DeMarcus Cousins and Christian Wood spend some time together on the floor at some point this season. We just haven't gotten it quite just yet, uh, unfortunately, due to inconsistencies in the Rockets' lineups. Um, Steven Silas is still trying to figure things out. But that is something that when, when directly asked uh, earlier on in the season, do you see a, a, a period where Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins might share the floor and it's absolutely something that he voiced and that he's open to experimenting with and trying. But I think on a, on a general basis, it's going to be really tough for DeMarcus Cousins to consistently break 20 minutes a night unless Christian Wood finds himself uh, you know, out of the rotation uh, in, in certain circumstances because they do like those Jayshon Tate-led secondary units playing small ball. They do prioritize Christian Wood at the five spot. So I think you know, Cousins is going to fall in that 10 to 15 range on most nights.
0: Jackson, thank you very much for jumping on and giving me that insight. That is basically the the same sort of thing I've been saying, but it's good to hear it from a Rockets perspective. Uh, Go check out Locked on Rockets if you want more talk on the Rockets. Jackson, thanks for coming on with me.
1: Absolutely. Anytime, Josh.
0: All right. So there's some DeMarcus Cousins info for you about adding him. Now I've got questions coming in here. Momoyama says, is it too early to consider Sadiq Bey a breakout candidate? Yeah, it is. Um, He had a really good game last time out, but with with Griffin and Grant there, the path to minutes is just really tough to come by for bait. So I wouldn't say that he is a must roster player. Um, he looked pretty good. He's also looked bad in some games. So we have to remember that part of it too. Um, all right. Question here from M Webb. I'm moving on from Paul George for personal reasons. Okay. Uh, could you list a few players you think I could target with him? Love the show. Thanks. Uh, you want a points league or a category league? I am not sure about that. Now, Paul George has been awesome this year. He's the sixth ranked player in a category league in a points league. If I just try and find my rankings here, he's the 25th ranked player. So you're looking at in that sort of an area in a in a points league, you're looking at maybe it's a Christian Wood type. Maybe it's a Trey Young type in, in that sort of area who's been a little bit down on, on this year. Maybe I'd, I'd try to do that. Um, could you swing DeMontis a bonus? That's what I'd try to do if it was in a points league. Um, in a category league, while well, Paul George has been awesome, do you do you look at Jason Tatum? Do you look at an underperforming Luka Doncic at this point? Uh, do you look at Bradley Beal? Perhaps, but George is ranked ahead of Beal at this stage. I think you got to aim high. In a, in a category league, you got to aim high. He's a top ten player at this point, and he's probably not going to fall outside the top fifteen for the rest of the season. Would be my guess. Let's go back through some other questions that you guys have had here. Jeweltex uh, C, is Draymond a hold or a drop in a 10-man league? I am holding Draymond. I think he can be a top 100 player this year. Alex says, I traded Rishawn Holmes and Brandon Clark for Yusuf Nurkic. Is that a good buy low? Yeah, look, there is a realistic chance that Rishawn Holmes is better than Yusuf Nurkic this season. So the Clark part of it is whatever. It doesn't really mean anything. You um, say so you're trading Holmes for Nurkic. It could work out in your favor, but it's a 50-50. Maybe it's a 40-60. I wouldn't say it's the best execution of a buy low. Jeffrey Liu got offered Wood for Ja Morant. What are my thoughts? Now this goes again with every sort of trade. They're just really, really different. You are losing with Christian Wood, a ton of blocks, rebounds, field goal percentage, but you'd be getting assists back. So how does that work for your team? What does that mean for your team? It could be a huge win. It could be a horrific loss. It really depends on how your team looks. You are not trading like for like. You are trading players who are ranked similarly, but that's why rankings can always always be bullshit because in the end, it doesn't mean a huge amount if one guy's ranked 29th and one guy's ranked 30th if they just offer stats in completely different areas because they could kill your team or it could really help your team. Just going through all the super chats here. uh, Jeffrey Lug is firing up again. Should I trade Mitchell? For PG, Ingram, or Jamal Murray? Well, Jesus. uh, If you can trade Donovan Mitchell for Paul George, the other managers have no idea what they're doing. Yes, you do it. If you can trade Donovan Mitchell for Brandon Ingram, yes, you do it. If you can trade him for Jamal Murray, I think you probably do that as well. But Paul George, uh, as I said, he's a top 10 player. You got to do that. Um, Tom Waring. Waring, I'm getting offers for Kevin Durant in a 12-team, nine-category league. Who should I look to ask for? Top 10. I aim for top 10. Kevin Durant has been really strong this season. He is the seventh-ranked player overall. I think there will be some sort of pushback from that a little bit. But aim for Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, uh, his teammate Kyrie Irving, uh, Karl-Anthony Towns, although you probably don't need to offer that much at this point considering Towns' injury. Uh, Anthony Davis, just aim for top 10. Paul George, aim for Bradley Beal. Any of these sort of guys will be players that I'm looking for in exchange for Kevin Durant at this point. Um, young Bucks, John Collins for Drew in 9CAT. Now, Young Bucks, as I said before, they're just really different players, like with the Wood and Ja J- Morant situation. I think their overall equivalent vacuum value is fine. But literally, if we played in a vacuum, we'd all be dead because there's no oxygen. So vacuums don't exist in fantasy basketball. They are great hypotheticals that actually have no practical use and no value whatsoever. So Young Bucks, you'd have to tell me because you're losing point guard numbers and getting big man numbers. Their overall rank value in terms of being fair is fine, but it doesn't mean anything in terms of whether that's a good or a bad trade for you. I think what I really, and and I know I I I bang on about that all the time, but it's super important to be able to get that into the general lexicon of people trading in fantasy basketball. It's not about fairness. It's not about overall value because that stuff doesn't mean anything. Having the idea that you can trade and both teams come out big winners is actually going to be more impactful in leagues and get more trades done. If you are a team that is you know punting big man stats and John Collins is sitting there providing nothing and the other team's got Drew but they're always losing in assists, you flip them around and you both win. You go, oh man, that was fantastic. Fan- yeah, should we you know, daisy chain each other again? Yeah, no worries. Let's go for it. Other questions. Max Annis. Do I think Kuzma is a good GPP ad tonight? Now, Let me have a look because I haven't seen any updates on the Lakers' statuses. But Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both questionable. They remain questionable. I think that we'd like to hear more about the Lakers at... um at, at this point to see whether he's going to be useful. But there is a chance that there are three guys out of that Lakers lineup, and that would put him in definitely into that discussion. Max, I'll probably cover that more when I do the pregame show later on today because, of course, uh, we'll have more news at that point. But yeah, I think that there is some there is some value in having him in there for sure. Um, all right, other questions. Just going through, making sure I get all these super chats here as well. Momoyama again. Oh, he just disappeared from in front of me. Dylan Patel, do I, should I trust Kelden Johnson or use his spot to hold Kemba Walker? He's on waivers in a points league. Well, we don't know when Kemba's coming back. It might be four weeks away. Just ride with Calden for now. Calden's putting up the big numbers and uh, producing at a really high level. So I would be definitely holding Calden Johnson at this point. Um, all right. I'm bundling uh, Paul, Paul Washington Jr. and Wendell Carter Jr., for a power forward in the center who is a good two-for-one target? Well, you're looking at two guys who are, you know, that 90 to 120 sort of range. So aim for a 50 to 60 center. Jonas Valanciunas comes to mind in that sort of range. I'd be very happy to give those two up to get Yusuf Nurkic if the Yusuf Nurkic person wants to give that up. So that's a direction that I'd be looking there as well. All right, what else have we got? Mehmet Bascoliu. Mehmet's always in here. Thank you, Mehmet. Who's a streamer for the Cavs if both guards are out? Damien Dotson would be the guy that I'd be looking at there who played pretty well uh, last game. And Chetty Osman has had massive assist in each of the last two games. So they'd probably be the two names that I'd look for. Uh, there's not many guards on the Cavs. Exum's out. Delavadova's out. Garland's out. Sexton hurt his ankle. It's going to be Dotson, and it's probably going to have to be Osman who are uh, handling the ball, which is absolutely wild. Uh, all right, what else have we got? It's going through, getting all these super chats out of the way. Dustin Whitman, I lost Fultz in a head-to-head points league. I got offered Bledsoe for Horford. Yes, yeah, I probably would take that, yes. Uh, Simon Joseph, is Mitchell a good point guard in punt assists? Yeah, he is. I think Jamal Murray is another great point guard in punt assist because what you want is a point guard whose value is not entirely derived from the assist category. And that's those guys are both point guard eligible players or pure point guards like Murray, whose value doesn't come from that assist column. So yeah, they are they are really good options in those type situations. Yeah, One of the, the guys who's been awesome in that category in the past has been Patrick Beverley. Yeah, that's the sort of player you're targeting. But of course, he's not anywhere near that player that he used to be in the past. But those sort of players are, are great options. Yes, I agree. Is Nurkic a buy low? Yes, he is. Said that one a few times as well. Right, I think we've caught up with all of the super chats now. Let's see what else we've got. If you, if you do want your question answered, that is the best way to get it done. Jay Crowder or Duncan Robinson from the Shack attack. Uh, I'll take Robinson there. Uh, just feel more secure in his game-by-game production. Crowder, of course.
1: Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit.
0: Eubanks, how much are you worried about Carl Anthony Towns' value decreasing when he comes back? Why would I be worried about that? I'm not really at all. He was awesome in the first two games he played in very low minutes. Now, obviously, he's dealing with a lot of shit and obviously your heart goes out to him and what he's dealing with. But he was awesome. I'm not really worried about him coming back and all of a sudden not being good anymore. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what you're implying by that question, to be honest. Um Hey Josh, it's Aiden. Aiden Vahidi. Shout out to Aiden, who's been helping me put out the timestamps for shows as well. For when the ones that I can't get to, Aiden's been coming in and throwing them in there. So shout out to you, Aiden. Um, I was wondering what you thought of Kat and Durant's injury this season. I traded Giannis and Embiid for the two and Draymond Green. Well, I think you're trading Giannis and Embiid for those two and Draymond Green. It's it's risky, obviously. We don't know exactly when Carl Anthony Towns is coming back. And Durant is going to sit games out. Uh it's it's definitely a risk, but It could pay off. Like, Cat and Durant on a per-game basis are top 10 players at this point. And Giannis and Embiid are not both top 10 players. But there's definitely a risk involved in that. Kevin Astor. Is Michael... He said, is Porter Jr. for Wiseman a good long-term trade? Porter Jr. Otto Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. I'm going to go through all of them. If it's Michael Porter for Wiseman, it's a shit trade. Porter is better. If it's Otto Porter for Wiseman, I probably would do it. If it's Kevin Porter for, for Wiseman, then yes, it is a good trade. Mia Cavalry, should I drop either Keldon Johnson, Larry Nance, or Draymond for OG Ananobi in an ESPN points league? That is a good question. Let me bring up my ESPN points league data because it is different to other uh, Yahoo points leagues. Um, It's really a part of why I don't like really shallow leagues. You don't want to see good players sitting on the waiver wire. Like I don't see what what the people love that. Oh, it's great to have these good players on the waiver wire. It makes it active. I, I don't like it. Hey, that's just me. Um, All right. Calden, Johnson, Larry Nance, Draymond, or OG Ananobi is the question. Um, All right. Just going through and trying to see where these guys all line up. Um, Is it Calden and Nance? Is the other guys? I've just got to remember all these names. Looking at it, I would say Nance is probably the worst of that group. Yeah, probably the worst of that group for uh, is Larry Nance. So there you go. Connor Gates, best streamer for today in a 10-team points league. Well, that really depends how... Oh, it's a 10-team. Sorry, you so say you said that. My my mistake. Let's have a look and see who I've got. We've got only five games on today, so there is some pretty good stream ability for today's action. So let's have a look. Kyle Anderson, if he's available in your 10-team points league, I like him. Um Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Malik Beasley, these are all guys rostered in under 70% of Yahoo! Leagues. They're next on the list. Tyus Jones, Tim Hardaway, uh, Ennis Cantor, Will Barton. That's probably the order that I I would go down, but it just depends who's available. But I'm looking at 70% rostered and under. Anderson, Brooks, Clark, Beasley, Tyus Jones, Tim Hardaway, and Ennis Cantor. Uh, Okay. Will Cap play the same? I don't really know. Um, I don't. I don't know why he wouldn't. I just. I just. I'm not sure why he wouldn't. Gunners fourteen twenty seven. Who is better long term in twelve team head to head categories? Paul Washington Jr., Horford or Olenek? I would probably lean. It's a good question. I would probably lean. I'm probably going to say Washington. Horford hasn't been great. There's always a risk of a trade with him. Now it hasn't been the greatest start to the season for Horford or for Washington personally. Um, they're both ranked at a similar level. I, I do have Horford yeah, projected marginally higher than Washington for the season, but in terms of upside, there, I I would go with Washington just because there is a downside risk with Horford. But um, I, I'm not I'm not convinced with that. All right, what else have we got? Um, Nick Boyvan, is it a bad idea to have a team with Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, and Kawhi Leonard on the same team due to limitations? Well, do we just have to remove Kawhi from this discussion now? Played in the back to back yesterday. He's healthy. He's going to play back to backs apparently. So maybe we just remove him out of that discussion. Uh, Blake Griffin, I-, I think at this point he's uh, he's a droppable player. He's just not the same. He's not playing enough games. He's not playing enough minutes. Kyrie, I'm not even convinced Kyrie is going to sit all back to back. So I'm not. So I'm not saying that's a, that's not a bad combination in my opinion. Kevin Astor back again. Should I trade Jamal Murray for De'Aaron Fox? Eight category punting field goal. Look, when you're giving up players of equivalent-ish type value and one bloke just missed last game because of a hamstring issue, I'd be pretty loath to trade for someone who's dealing with a hamstring issue. Now, maybe it's nothing major. Maybe he's going to be fine. He probably is going to be fine, but I'd be pretty loath to pull that off. But the difference there, again, is that one of those players is a high assist player in De'Aaron Fox, and the other one, Jamal Murray, is not. So that could really impact your team depending on how you want to structure things. Murray's value is in being a really good free throw shooter, which Fox is not. Big differences in what they provide to your team overall. Um, okay, should he sell high in DeJounte Murray, Keister 86. To a degree, yes. Um, he's going to lose opportunities at some point when White comes back, but that could be weeks away. So selling high is always very relative. Who are you getting back? What are you doing in this trade? If you're selling DeJounte Murray and getting a top 90 player back, it's not a sell high and you don't do it. If you're selling him and getting a top 50 sort of player back, maybe you're getting an underperforming Donovan Mitchell back, then that is a great move. So it's all very dependent on that. X Anbu says, Cole Anthony or Kobe White for a points there. Kobe White, absolutely 100% every single day of the week, not even remotely close in my mind. Um, All right, what have we got here? Is Booker a good sell high for Brogden? So that's you know, selling Brogden as a sell high to get Devin Booker. Now Booker's been struggling, obviously, and Brogdon's been outperforming him. Uh I would uh eh, look is there a chance that Brogdon ends up better than Booker this year? It sounds wild to say, but I'm not I'm not ruling it out. Like I've dropped Booker a little bit down in my projections, and I've actually got at this point Brogdon projected higher than him for the rest of the season. So no, let's say no on that. Um, what else have we got? I, should I trade Paul George for Siakam? God no! Like no, no, not look, Siakam might not be a top fifty player. Paul George might be a top ten player. No, we don't do that. Um, is Shea top thirty in rest of season numbers? Yeah. Maybe he showed some pretty good flashes yesterday. I think he's right on the cusp. I've got him in that 30 to 35 range for the rest of the year. So there's a chance he jumps into the top 30 pretty easily. Is Jeremy Grant a sell high? To a degree, but I'm also looking at what he's doing, and I'm not sure that it's completely unsustainable, which is weird to say because I didn't think Jeremy Grant would be able to handle such a a high usage role, but he has been. Uh, he's the 36th ranked player so far. I think that given the minutes and the usage he's getting, he's probably going to remain a top 50 player for the rest of the season. Torres Halliburton or Marvin Bagley? Halliburton for me. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot happening here in this chat. Sorry, I can't get to everything. There's just too much going on. Um, Is Randall for Siakam a good trade long-term? I think I would probably prefer the double Royal Julius Randall at this point. Russ the Mass. Should I trade... Now, always these trades are very confusing. Should I trade Brogdon, Van Vliet, and Levine, and Vucevic for Kyrie, Kawhi, and Jalen Brown? Like, we're trading a third of your team away. That is just a big change. You're trading three guards and a center to get back one point guard. You're trading two point guards, a shooting guard, and a center for one point guard, one small forward, and one shooting guard. So you're losing a ton of assists there already. But you're getting Kyrie and Kawhi. In general, If I'm just looking at this without knowing anything about your team, it's such a massive, massive change to your squad, trading a third of those players away. Um, But getting Kawhi and and Kyrie, two top 10 players, then yes, that's probably what you do, even though there is the risk associated with both of those guys. What is Cole Anthony's upside for now? I think probably best case is a top 100 player. I'd say his best case scenario for him, but the field goal percentage is going to hurt. Will the double Royal Julius Randle keep up the productivity? Well, we've seen his shooting drop off as was always going to happen, but he's still been really good. He's the 30th ranked player, and I think he's going to settle into that 35 to 45 type of range for the rest of the year. Is Wiseman a drop in a 10 team points league? Wiseman has been struggling for minutes. He has foul issues, he has some other concerns. He's 127th ranked player in a default Yahoo points league in those minimal minutes. So you're expecting a little bit more to push forward as the season goes on. So I don't think that I'd be dropping him at this point in a points league. In a category league, yeah, I'd discuss it. Massimo, who is better for an ESPN points league long-term, Zubats or Wiseman? Wiseman there pretty easily. Um, The upside on Zubats just isn't there. The upside on uh, Jimmy is. Uh, So that's the direction that I would go. We're getting real close to wrapping this up, guys. So get your final questions in. So I'm not going to go too much longer than 30 minutes here. I am coming back with a pre-game show later in the day. There's less opportunity for questions in the pre-game show because I'm doing the pre-game news and the lineups and talking that sort of stuff. But yeah, we'll still have some opportunities there. Is Wood for Trey good in a points league? Christian Wood, Trey Young, points league. Now, Trey Young's value in a points league is not as high as it is in a categories league. Um, he's currently the 29th ranked player in a, in a points league, Trey Young. Christian Wood's the 16th ranked player. In all likelihood, I see Young improving a little bit, maybe Wood declining a little bit, and they're in a similar zone. In the end, it probably is like a sidewoods trade. Maybe you squeeze one extra point per game out of Trey Young, but it's a sideways move most likely. Tim Sauce. Do I trade Rowan Barrett Jr. and uh, D'Angelo Russell for LaMelo Ball and Shea Gildas Alexander in a points league? I, I probably would just because I think Shea is the best player in that group. He's like a top thirty uh, points league type of guy to me. Russell's like a top fifty five sort of a player. Uh, Lamelo balls a top fifty player there as well. Oh so, yeah, yes, yeah, so and no, I, I would. Uh, yeah, I would do that. I would get Lamelo and Shea. Yep, no worries. Does the baby shark start again? I believe that he will. Yes. Dwayne Castillo, should I drop Pritchard? If so, who do I pick up for today? Danny Green, DeAnthony Melton, or Wancho Hernandez in a 14-team, 9-category league? I think Pritchard's value is going to be fluctuating. With Marcus Smart back, maybe Jeff Teague coming back next game, it's going to be hard for him to maintain that level that he had when both Teague and Smart were out. So you'd have to think that he's going to be the worst player on your team, and therefore dropping for a stream option is probably going to be the best move. Who do you add for today? I, I like... Um, I like Melton as the better option there, but yeah, I could easily see any of that trio working, but it, it's probably Melton to me. Geordie Boy says, do I trade Christian Wood for Jimmy Butler in a 14-team league? Again, Geordie, uh, like I said before, like you're losing blocks, points, or yeah, probably points and field goal percentage to get a guy like Butler and getting assists and steals. So maybe, maybe not. Overall value, they're very similar, but overall value, it, it doesn't really mean anything. It's like me, I don't even know. I was going to use some sort of stupid analogy that didn't make sense, but maybe, maybe not. You are just changing. And especially when you're, and you can, if you're changing back-end guys on your roster, you're not changing the makeup of your team. But when you're changing your second best player for someone else's second best player, you're having such a marked increase or change, adjustment to your team structure that it's very, very hard to know. It could be just a massive loss for you, even though, People would say, "Well, Jimmy Butler's better than Christian Wood." Yeah, but for the how your team looks, it might be a shit move. In general, if we're going to look at what their overall value is, I have Butler a little bit behind, um, a little bit behind Wood for the season. But again, it, it's it's really hard to know that completely. Um, without knowing how your team uh, looks, because it is it is quite different. And again, I, I'll just I'll continue to say this because it is super important that people understand that in trading in category leagues, it's super important. Eric Willenbrook, Ilan Brock, do I trade away Bam at bio and Colin Sexton for Beal and Fox? I would say almost definitely because you're getting Beal there. Dylan Patel. All right. I have Sabonis, Capella, Boucher, and Portis on my team. I have Porzingis, Porzingis just- in my IR. Should I try and send one of those centers and a small forward like Ubre or Calden Johnson for an upgraded small forward? Who should I go for in a points like Look, it, it doesn't. It doesn't really. Look, why do you need an upgraded small forward? I guess if you're you're telling me you've got all these big men and you probably can't play them all at the one time. Um, so that that might be an issue there. Who would you go for? Look, the guys that you probably you know. You, what I would try to do. Send out to Savonis and maybe get back Paul George. That's something I try. I'd or yeah, the one you wait for there as well is Chris Boucher. When you look at yeah, when he has a huge game, do you do you move on from him? Uh, I think that's probably something that's worth looking at as well. But yeah, yeah, do you well, send Ubre and Keldon Johnson for an upgrade? To small small forwards are, are a hard position to try and project those guys out. Gordon Haywood's a pretty strong target to me. Um, he's a he's a really good option to me. That that someone I'd try and target if you're going to put together like a Capella and an Ubre, I would be looking that direction most likely. All right, uh, wrapping this up now. Uh, Lachlan McBean, last question: What are your opinions on going back on a trade that has been sent and agreed upon because you get a better offer? No, the trade's been agreed upon. Well, no, you don't go back on it. And going and lobbying your league mates, hey, go and veto this because I want to do a different trade, is weak as piss and shouldn't be done. Now, if you've agreed in principle but haven't pushed the accept button, I that's a real grey area. But if the accept's been hit, it's done. The trade's done. Like that's that's it. We're not backing out from there. Josh Smart, should I trade AD for Cat and Lillard? It's going to work out in your favour if Cat is back in the next two weeks. So probably yes. Um, all right. I reckon we are going to wrap this up. Let's go with... Don't drop any more Super Chats in, guys, because I'm probably not going to get to them and I don't want you to waste your money on them because we are running uh, running out of time on this show. I will answer one more question. I know that I'm on a little bit of a delay here, so I'm just making sure that that's thrown out there. No more Super Chats, guys, because I am going to wrap this up. Ryan K., just for fun, who would be your most disappointing starting five so far this season? Um, I'd have to sit down and look at it, but... Yeah, obviously, Yusuf Nurkic is right in there as the starting five. Uh, A1X Stewart, every time I join, he's wrapping up. I, it starts at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. This mailbag show will always start there. And you can always just check the channel because you'll see the upcoming live streams on there and it will be listed there for you. All right, better I answer this last question from... Uh, Kat isn't back for four to six weeks. Zach, you don't know that. Like that people put this shit out. Like we don't... You, unless something has come out and I haven't seen it in the last five minutes... Um, you, you don't know that. Like that is just pure speculation. So be really, really careful of reading people saying that when we don't, when nobody actually knows that. Last question, and then I'm out. Would you drop Josh Richardson, Larry Nance, or Joe Harris in a 10-team, 9-cat, head-to-head league, punting field goals? I think Richardson's a drop, and I think Harris is a drop. I think I would marginally hold on to Nance, but Richo and Harris in 10-team leagues, you get better value from streaming that spot. Thank you to everybody who is here, everybody who asks questions. I'll be back later on today with the pregame show. Um, make sure you can check that on the on the channel as well under the upcoming live, live stream section. Guys, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.